And we have a treat again this morning as we look for the new thing that God is doing. He's doing a new thing every morning, <laughs> but he's doing a new thing this morning and we're in a new season, I believe, where God is building us as a church family in a fresh new way. And uh, we love to have Fount and Linda come and share with us because of the, the, the depth of revelation that they carry. And so, Fount, we want to honor you and Linda for the journey that you've been on that brought you to this place where you have so much to offer and to model and to impart. So come on up and uh, thank you for being with us. Come and impart to us from the word and from your heart. Before I actually give the message, <clears throat> just a word of explanation about why I'm acting like an old man by leaning over and walking stupid. <laughs> uh, there was a teaching that came into the church a number of years ago that we are a spirit that lives in a body. That's not true. We are spirit, soul, and body, just like God is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We are, we are triune beings. And your body can speak to you. I would like to tell one story real quick. I'm going to get to the message, but uh, a number of years ago, uh, Linda used to leave uh, little M&Ms, and I love M&Ms, and uh, I grabbed a handful of M&Ms, and my body said to me, I don't want those. And I said to my body, now this really happened, I'm not making this up, my body said, I don't want these. I said, well, I do. <laughs> and my body said to me, go ahead and eat them. I'll store them for you. Uh -oh. <laughs> now, it's funny, but that demonstrates that we are body, soul, and spirit. Spirit, soul, and body, however you want to say it. My body presently is telling me I'm no longer 40, no longer 35 years old, no longer 45, 55, 65, 75, almost no longer 85. But I know that he renews our youth as the eagle. Amen. And even though I stoop around because there's a Pain in my sacroiliac. That actually is a place in the body. Right there. And it grabs you. So as long as I'm bent over like an old man, I don't hurt. So that's just an explanation. Now, I want us today, and uh, Jane called last night, or yesterday, when did you call? Sometime yesterday. I think it was the afternoon. Uh, what 
verses is Brother Fountain going to use tomorrow? She's talking to Linda. Linda said, what verses? And I said, well, give me a minute. <laughs> I mean, it's only Saturday afternoon. I don't have to preach till Sunday morning. But I have been working over this theme in my spirit for several weeks, actually. And so I knew, and so I gave her the verses. I have uh, taken over the verses, and I've restructured them from the way I gave, him, uh, gave them to her. But I don't think this will be a problem for those who are, is someone putting them up there? You're the man. Okay. You can figure this out. I'm going to start with... John chapter 1, in verse 6. Now, it doesn't really matter which version you're reading. They all say the same thing. They just have to make more money with another Bible. I'm sorry. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. Notice two things before we move on, and I'll come back to this at the end of the message. God sent him. That's God's part. He came. That was John's part. And uh, how many of you believe God sent you to the Grand Strand area? Or did you just come on your own? God sent you here? How many of you came to the Grand Strand? So this is a cooperation with God. You're here because you came here. You're here because he sent you here. Okay. Now, we're going to come back to that later. But I want us to go now. Uh, uh, as we go, I want each of you to be thinking about your own, your own journey here and your journey of coming to realize, I'm not just here, God sent me here. And sometimes we do not know in the beginning that it's God who's there. We thought we came here because of blank, blank, blank. But God sent you here for a reason. And you came here, perhaps for another reason, but that doesn't matter to him. He's going to do what he intended to do. Okay. So that is the foundation. Now let's move to Isaiah chapter 49. Listen to me, O coastlands. Give attention, you people from afar. The Lord called me from the womb. From the body of my mother, he named my name. Now that's Isaiah. And I'm going to say some more about that, but most of us are aware of something similar to this in Jeremiah. 
Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And we're going to go to that verse next. But here what I want to say is that he called me from the womb. And he, uh, in, in the Hebrew language, it literally says that he remembered my name. Now, it's a special form of the verb for remembering, which, how do I explain another language? It's like, uh, in the Hebrew language, you remember by talking about it. You don't just remember by thinking. We remember by eating. We remember by drinking. And they did too. They remembered Exodus by eating and by drinking. But they also remembered by, at the Passover, what did they talk about? They talked about, we were in Egypt, we were slaves, and God brought us through, and the horse and the rider. They talk about, they remember by talking. Okay, so my point here is that whenever Isaiah said he called me from the womb and he remembered my name in the room, in the womb, I guess that's a room, uh, and I have it pictured like this. Here, here's this lady and she's pregnant and God is saying, Isaiah, come on. You with me? Isaiah. He called his name while he was in the womb. Now, if God is in your life, he called your name before you were born. He knew you before he even formed you in your mother's womb. So let's go to Jeremiah. Chapter 1, verse, I guess we'll just start with verse 1. I don't think I gave that to them, but before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. I want you to think. I told you in the beginning, I want you to be thinking about your own journey. What does this say to you about you being here today? Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I consecrated you, set you apart. I could say he holified you, because it's the word for holy in a verb form. I appointed you a prophet to the nation. Now, each one of us, when he knew us before he formed us in the womb, he knew where we're going to live. He knew the age that we would live in. He knew all of that. And he had that in mind when he formed you for such days as these to think in terms of Esther. So you with me so far? Yes. To me, this, this is amazing. And he did not uh, it did not form each of us as prophets, but he formed you. He formed you as the one that you are. Now, today, 
Now, it did not develop and grow. I mean, what would a mom look like with a 43-year-old inside the womb? <laughs> oh, man, that hurts to even think. But it was on its way to becoming. And each one of us are on our way to becoming the one he formed in the womb and called by name before you were born. I'm not yet fully the one he called me to be. I'm on a journey. I'm on the way. Okay. I remind you, I want you to be thinking of your journey. I want to tell my journey, but I want you to be thinking of your journey. Then I said, oh, Lord God, now I can tell you about me. Uh, I don't know how to talk. I'm just a kid. And I could spend an hour talking about how I resist. I, I'm much like Moses. Moses was called and he said, I don't know how to talk good. And basically I told the Lord, you got the wrong guy here. And later on it says that uh, I called you uh, to speak into kings and uh, into nations, into peoples, into kingdoms. And to tear down and build up and, and destroy and, and two positives to build and to plant. Now, for me personally, I felt the Lord told me I am a prophet to the nations. Now, that may sound arrogant, and I doubted that for many years. You called the wrong guy. Uh, and at the same time, I tried to make it happen with my own strength and my own power. That didn't work. And I'll just say today, even as I am speaking here, through MP4, there are people in Africa, all over, almost every nation in Africa now, I am teaching through a video that they are watching today. My voice is going to the nations, which was a word that the Lord spoke to me many years ago, and I thought, man, that's never going to happen. And there's some things the Lord spoke to you that you think that ain't ever going to happen, hide and watch. <laughs> and while you're hiding and watching, be open for something to come up on you like a rushing mighty wind. Okay. Three things about this text, uh, and there's another part of it I'm going to read in just a moment. Uh, in verse... Eight, he said, I sanctified you and I put my words in your mouth. Actually, it was plural there. I put your words in my mouth. Now, later in verse 11 and 12, verse 9, thank you. Well, it's over here in the Bible somewhere. Yeah. Verse 9, then the Lord put out his hand, touched my mouth, and the Lord said to me, Behold, I have put my words, plural, in your mouth, and I've set you over nations and so forth. Now, you need to be thinking, what has God set you over? You may not know yet, but I want to guarantee you, my sisters and my brothers, God has set you over something. 
He has set you over something. And you need to get with him to find out what that is. And then in verse 11, the word of the Lord came to me saying, Jeremiah, what do you see? And I said, this is Jeremiah speaking, I see an almond branch. Now this is Marte, uh, which uh, if you're ever hiking and you need, you didn't bring a, a walking stick with you, you pick up a branch from a tree. And actually what Moses was holding in his hand when he parted the Red Sea was a mate. It was a stick. And he gave each one of us a stick. And this one was a stick of an almond tree, and the almond tree watches over the timing and is the one that announces spring. It's the first one to bring forth the blossoms. And so uh, Jeremiah said, I see an almond branch. And God said, you see, you see well, because I am watching over like an almond timing. I'm watching over my word singular. And that surprised me. I put my words plural in your mouth, but I'm wa watching over my word singular to make it happen. And the word make it happen there is the same word used in creation. He made this, not the I created, but I made this. He put dirt together and, and formed a body and he made man. And he's making you. What is he making? Ask him. Okay, so there is the words, and in my own life, there are many times I can look over individual words that I've spoken. Now, I'm dealing with the singular. I'm looking over my word to do it. When God said, let their light, he saw that word, and he watched over that word to bring light forth by means of that word. Now, <clears throat> I'm thinking of my own life. There have been times when the word that came out of my mouth was not a word I planned to say. <laughs> Sometimes that was good. <laughs> Sometimes it wasn't so good. I can remember one particular case where uh, we had moved into a new area and our neighbors had basically come to the area roughly the same time, and they asked us, we became acquainted, and uh, they asked us to come over and bless their home. And uh, we've done that a number of times with a number of different people where you anoint the windows and the doors and so forth. And, uh, and so we went over there, and as I'm walking through the different rooms, I am sensing something of the Spirit uh, it wasn't a new home. It had been lived in by others. And so I'm trying to, okay, what is lingering here that might affect the people who are living here now? And we came into a particular room, and uh, I just said something like, I sense impurity here in this room. And the guy fell to his knees and began to repent for an impurity. 
Now, I didn't intend to say that, and I wasn't thinking of him. God was watching over his word, which he put in my mouth that I didn't plan on saying, to do something in the life of this man. Does that make some sense? And probably many of you have experienced something like that, where you've spoken things, and the people heard something that applied to them when you were talking off the cuff, so to speak. So that's one area, words I did not plan to say. And the other is words which are reinterpreted by the person who's listening. I said one thing, and they heard something totally different. Now, this happens in all conversations. People very listen, very seldom are really listening to what you're saying. They're listening to what they're thinking while you're saying what you're saying. And... Uh, <clears throat> I can remember, uh, I did not know at the time, I did not know until several years later, uh, but I was teaching a class and there was a uh, early middle-aged man in the class who was from Africa. And he ended up in my class and I'm just talking in the class and I said something in that class uh, that revolutionized his life. It's something that I say in every class. It's just this logically is what the scripture is saying. And so I said this and just went on not knowing that something had landed in this man's heart. He was from Africa planning to be a medical doctor. But he wanted a little Bible under his belt before he went back to Africa to become a medical doctor. Very brilliant man. What he told me about three, four, five years later, I don't remember the date, of when I was in Africa and he was introducing me, he told me, uh, or he said to the group, uh, this man was teaching this class and he said thus and so, and I went and I wept before the Lord all night. I got no sleep that night because God was telling me he doesn't want me to be a medical doctor. He wants me to pastor and bishop some churches. He went back to Africa and became the bishop of over 3,300 churches because of a word that came out of my mouth that had nothing to do with him as far as I was concerning, but God himself reinterpreted that word for him specifically. And I'm sure that many of us have had experiences like that. Now, the third thing uh, that I see personally is words. Uh, I was preaching in Vermont and the time frame of this is totally beyond me. I don't remember. Uh, and there was this one couple there. Uh, the man obviously had had a stroke. You know, he's got one side sort of drooping. Uh, and of course, everyone is listening, but they were especially listening. And after the church is over, I'm in the back greeting everyone, and uh, they're saying, and, and I saw this man and his wife coming toward me and he's still drooping on one side and she said to me a miracle happened while you were speaking this morning and I'm talking miracle he's still drooping 
<laughs> that was my thought. Because the miracle I was expecting was, well, if a miracle happened, why isn't he straight? And so I had to ask, what do you mean, a miracle? And she explained that ever since he had had this stroke, he was not able to follow a sermon. He got nothing out of church because his, he simply could not follow. And he said, she said to me, the first time... I don't remember, four years, I think. The first time in four years, he followed you from the beginning to the end. Because I had learned not to speak from the head, but to speak from the heart. And God, I love the southwestern image, put his saddle on my words and rode into that man's heart in spite of the fact that he was incapable of following. So don't think that your ministry is limited what you can explain to people. All right. Now that's my story, and we're going to be asking about your story in a few moments. Galatians chapter 1, verse 15. I don't think I gave this one to you. Uh, Galatians chapter 1, verse 15. Uh, very quickly, it just simply, Paul, speaking of himself, said that God separated him from his mother's womb. Now, what? when we put all of this together, it seems God separated, and the word separated me uh, actually means he sanctified me, just like he did Isaiah, just like he did Jeremiah, he did Paul. And the statement that I want to make based on this is, I doubt very seriously that Saul of Tarsus came out of the womb saying, God called me. <laughs> Obviously, he hadn't long to learn to talk yet. But even after he learned to speak, and after he got an awesome education, if you had asked him, he, would not, he might say, God called me to kill Christians. And my point here is, we seldom understand what we're called to except by looking back. Retrospectively, I can say, God called me to the nations. Retrospectively, I can say, he called me to bring healing to the hearts of people. Retrospectively. So you need to keep track of your own life. I keep a journal. I can look back several years ago and just see this happen. And here is what brought me to this point, And the word came forth. And this brought me to this point, And the word came forth. Okay. So. Uh, I would really like for some of you to share just a piece of your story before I shut down. We've got five more minutes. <laughs> I don't... Thank you very much, but I think I'll do better standing. The pain I can handle, no problem. But thank you. I think I can do better standing than... I've never learned to teach from a seated position. I just never learned, okay? And uh, I know this is bothering you guys, but it's not bothering me, so relax. <laughs> okay. Uh, 
Okay, we already did that one. Let's go back to the Gospel of John. There was a woman sent from God. Her name was Jane. She came. Where was she sent to? Well, she was sent to Toronto. She was sent to different places. She was sent to, and she came to the Grand Strand. You all know her testimony, so I'm not going to ask her to share it. But there was a woman. Don't think that just because you're a woman, you can't put your name in the scriptures. Amen. There was a woman sent from God. Jane, would you say God sent you here? Yes. <laughs> yeah. And you came. So this is a coordination of my obedience with his leading. Without my obedience, his leading is meaningless and will never have its effect. And my moving forward will have no effect unless he has sent me. I go to places where he didn't send me and I bring forth the word. The word goes over the pulpit, drops to the floor, and crawls under the carpet. And I wonder, nothing happened here. Because God didn't send me. I went for the financial remuneration, which we all need. That in itself is not a problem. So there was a woman sent from God, and so I want you to think. Put your name, ladies, put your name in the text. There was a woman sent from God whose name is Say your name out loud. There was, say this. There is a woman sent from God whose name is? Can you actually embrace that? There was a woman sent from God whose name is Renee. She came as a witness. There was a man sent from God, David. David. A man sent from God whose name is David. He came. And the details of what all is involved in that is yet to be understood. Because he's new here. But it's true, David. You feel God sent you here? You came. He sent, you came combination his leading and your following this is life in the spirit now uh, who would like to share briefly of how you got here not knowing why you were sent here or maybe you knew I would really like at least one What's your story? Yes, ma'am. You were born here. From your mother's womb, Annette, Annette, come forth. I got something for you. 
And you said, okay, here I am. <laughs> and the rest is history. But the history is not over. I mean, I'm almost 86. My history is not over. <laughs> she likes this, amen. Her history is not over either. Okay. So here is what we're going to end with. I was hoping... Okay, please. Call on someone, Jane. Yeah, you too. Did God send you here? Of course. Then you came. Yes. So briefly, what's that story sound like? Uh, we came to the beach. God said, hey, doesn't your wife look happier? I said, yeah. He goes, wouldn't it be awesome if, you could, if that could just be it all the time? I said, yeah, that'd be really great. He goes, you should move here. And I said, So did you just move here or did he send you? He sent us and you came. Do you see this point? Believe me, this is a significant point. He didn't just come. God sent him. If he had not come when God said go, he would not be here and would not be receiving and imparting what God placed in him before he was born. And that's true of every one of us. Do you have someone else in mind, Jane? That you came to play golf. He sent you here for another reason, and I sense very strongly. What's your name? Jeannie. You are seeking to find out what did he put me here for. He sent me. I came for one reason. He sent me for another reason. Now, believe me, that is typical of the way God deals with people. Okay, now here's what we're going to do in close. Are we ready to close? Are we okay with? That's yeah. I never think I'm in charge when I'm invited to a church. They're in charge. <laughs> we know that. <laughs> okay. Anyone else? Yeah. Yeah. Amen. And you're still in process, which means you're still listening for the next step so that you can take the next step. That's good. Healing, receiving healing does bear witness to the light. I am not the light. 
I was sent to bear witness to the light by means of receiving the healing. Yes. Does that make some sense? Mm -hmm. God called me. I came. I went back. The enemy tried to stop me. It was a horrible accident. And I came back. Okay. And you're doing that. I am. Yes, you are. And it's not over. Yeah. And it says you, don't think it means you. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> because there I am. Here we are. Here we are. <laughs> okay. Jane is pointing to Annette. Renee. Renee. Okay, Renee. In retrospect, would you say God sent you here? Yes. And I you came. Could you say that even when you left, he was sending you somewhere else, either to learn something else or to minister something else? So you're sending and being sent. You're coming in and being sent out which is the meaning of this church. Yes. People come in, they receive, and they are sent out, which is the early church of the book of Acts. Here we are. Okay, Jane, am I done yet? Okay. In your private time, you can do this personally and individually. I am going to read a confession, a proclamation, a decree that I want each of you to decree over yourselves every day for the next so many days. Now, they're going to print it out and give it to you. They don't, I didn't get them to do that ahead of time because I didn't know I was going to do it ahead of time. <laughs> So I'm going to read the whole thing to you, and then I'm going to come back and read it phrase by phrase, and I want you to repeat after me phrase by phrase. Before, I simply ask you to put your name in the slot. This time, I want you to say the whole thing. And here's the whole thing. I am a man or woman to the grand strand by God. I came as a witness to bear witness to the light by functioning in the gifts placed in me while I was in my mother's womb. I am not the light. I came to bear witness to the light. 
I commit myself to that which God committed me. In calling you, he committed you to a commission. And you are committing yourself to that commitment of God. Does that make some sense? Let's go through it again one more time. I am a man, woman of God. Sent to the Grand Strand by God. I came as a witness to bear witness to the light by functioning in the gifts placed in me while I was in my mother's womb. I am not the light. I came to bear witness to the light. I commit myself to do that which God committed me. Committed to me, probably it should be. Okay. Thank you. You live this out. And we receive the impartation from one who's gone ahead to all of us who are following as well. So thank you, Fount and Linda. I simply want to add that the reason Catch the Fire Myrtle Beach exists is because God chose it to exist in order that we can do this. We have always said that we exist to help you become who God made you to be and so that you can invite in anybody you discover who doesn't yet know who God made them to be. And we're in a season of building and gathering where God is building in us the, the, the fulfillment of his promises and of gathering in those who need to know there's a promise. And so as we close, I want to offer that if any of you have sensed the prompting of the Holy Spirit that you need someone to agree with you, I commission every one of you in this room as a member of the ministry team, you may now approach any person uh, and ask them to agree with you. Okay, that commission expires when you walk out the door. I don't promise that for every week, but that's the sense for today. But I would like us each, please, to place our hands on our hearts. I know we've, we've already agreed with the statements that Fount made. And Father, I bless every heart in this room, together with every other heart that's part of our family that's not here because they're doing this. <laughs> I bless every heart to beat with your heartbeat. And I place protection and confirmation and affirmation over every heart in this room that you are a child of God. He's called you. He knows what he's doing. And he will be faithful to complete what he started. So let your completion take another step in every one of us this week, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now, wow, yes, wow. I hope you sense that we're on the edge of something fresh here.
because we are. We will send this out to everybody. We'll also make it one of our declarations that we'll declare together regularly. Uh, you are dismissed. Uh, I want to encourage you to invite somebody else to come with you next week. Uh, remember that more on Thursdays is now paused for the summer. After Memorial Day, we said we would pause for the summer, and we're going to do special events at different points. Next week, we have a treat for you. Uh, Ted and Denise are going to be here to share their testimony that fits, that fits so well with what we've talked about this morning. God knows what he's doing, even when we don't know what he's doing. And in retrospect, we see what he's done, and we testify. We're witnesses to the light. Ted and Denise are witnesses to the light. Don't miss that. Invite folks to come and receive next week as well. God bless you. Have a great week.